Welcome to the Chuck and Deb Show, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. here on 1490 AM WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, welcome to Biker Life Radio. I'm Chuck. And Deb. And we are so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We've got a fantastic show lined up just for you. Take it away, Deb. Biker Life Radio is for those who are inspired to ride and those who inspire others to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and share real-life stories that help you discover your purpose, achieve true freedom, and define your destiny. Today's show sponsors are Tony Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Be sure to visit bikerliferadio.com for more information. So this is actually going to be a commercial-free show. So a big thanks to Tony and Guy for sponsoring this entire show because we've got a lot of information we want to share with you. We had a fantastic weekend. We got to meet a lot of people, and we have a lot of information to share with you. Yes, we absolutely do. So we started our weekend off at Rossiter's Harley-Davidson's 29th anniversary And as we talked about it, it was kind of a coming home for us. It really was. It was being there with family all over again. And quite honestly, if it was not for the Hog Chapter, the Chuck and Deb show, the Biker Life Radio, it wouldn't exist. Because that's how we got started in biking once again. And they became our family. And actually, I wish we would have started this show a long time ago when we were part of the Hog Chapter. Because you guys would be blown away. Because we had a lot of great experiences and a lot of good time. So it was great to see our Hog family Uh, once again. It really is truly a blessing. And I'm just so grateful we got to see everybody and everybody being out there supporting us and just being there for us and coming by and saying hello we appreciate each and every one of you absolutely thank you so much for all of them to stop by and visit us then we wrapped the day up in the evening uh, that night we were actually at the american legion post 111 in tampa and they were doing a phenomenal fundraiser for canine partners for patriots yes and we had a fantastic time talking to the organization and what they had to offer and they are just on on top of things and you do not want to miss it because we've got a interview in the show yep you'll want to stay tuned to the very end because what you're going to be finding out throughout this show is a lot of different people with a lot of different causes that are great causes and we want to encourage you to support these causes in one way or another and we'll try to get this all posted on our website it'll be on our facebook pages so you want to be able to please if you would go out these are all great causes that you're about to learn about we we are hoping that something in these interviews touches your heart to make you want to go out there and really help out in one way or another and so we want to just say a great big thanks once again to all the people that you're going to hear in just a moment on the interview because they did a fantastic job but you know a lot of time talking on the radio is not always that easy but each and every one of these people did a fabulous job they were so passionate which i admire and they love their cause and if one of these causes don't doesn't touch your heart 
Go find what touches your heart and go make a difference. Put your light and candle out there in the world and go go help others because that is one of the major things that I love about the motorcycle community is we help one another, not only each other, our brothers and sisters that ride, but many phenomenal organizations out there that touch our heart that we have the ability to share our passion with. And before we get started, we want to give a great big shout out to our good friend, Jim Wilder. All right, Jim, thank you so much for introducing some of these folks to us. As a matter of fact, you've done it quite a bit. And, you know, just as you've been the director of the Hot Chapter and you've been our friend and writer friend and buddy and all that stuff and uh, all the great things that you've done for the Hog Chapter, we're just truly grateful for you. And thank you so much, Jim, from the bottom of our hearts. We love you very much. And we're going to go ahead and get started right now with the interviews. So be sure to stay tuned to the, the very end. There will be no commercials. So enjoy. This is Deb here from the Chuck and Deb Show, and I am here with the one, the only Snow Queen. And what has got me so fired up today is we are out at Rossiter's bike event, their 29th anniversary party. And what even makes it better is that the Snow Queen was telling me about this amazing ladies event coming up next year. But I wanted to make sure as a lady rider myself that we got together and we shared with all of you ladies the event that you have got to be at. So take Take it away, Snow Queen. Tell us all about that. Thank you so very much. Thank you for letting me to speak with you today. Yes, this is a very exciting time. This will make the eighth ride. It's in Jacksonville. It's referred to as the all-female ride. Uh, in 2019, it was big. We had 420-plus females all on their own bikes. Um, it's two wheels together. Uh, the way we see it is this coming year, 2020, April 3rd through the 5th, it's going to be huge. Sounds we are like looking it. at 700 plus riders. Oh my gosh. Yes. And yes, it's a female ride. It's a police escorted 50 miles. But we do ask that the husbands, boyfriends, guys come out, party with us afterwards because it's a full weekend. All right. So ladies, if you haven't put that on your calendar quite yet, be sure in one more time, April. April 3rd through the 5th. Okay. It is in Jacksonville. And how can they find out more information as you begin to develop all the details for that? At this time, we do have it on Facebook. We also are on Twitter. It is J-A-F, two wheels, together, okay. on Twitter. So all of our information is going to be posted there and on Facebook. Okay, and we will be sure and make sure that we tag and put the link in there so that you cannot miss this fabulous event. So I will definitely forward you the flyer and all the hotel accommodations. I know hotels are booking up, and so we look forward to seeing you out there. That'd be wonderful. And Snow Queen, it's Chuck here. Snow Queen has, a, I took the mic from Deb because that's what I always do. <laughs> anyway, uh, Snow Queen was telling, actually had some inside information on some things, like the bridge, and, and you want to share a little bit about that and the, the drone and all that? Oh, most definitely. Last year we did have one drone. This year we're looking at a possible second. We are definitely going to have photo, uh, photographers on the bridge um, at the at the beginning, at the end. It is a 50-mile police escorted ride. That's nice. So it, it is a very safe ride. It's yep. a fun ride. Um, the, the community is completely behind it. Matter of fact, years ago, the uh, council passed a proclamation 
dedicating April every year for the all-female ride. That's fantastic. We truly want to see it grow. We have we have women coming from New Mexico, up in Michigan. I mean, it is all over the nation. That's great. And you were mentioning one hotel is already sold out. Is that yes, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but you have another one that's side by side or something like Most that. Definitely. The, okay. There will have vendors there in both hotels with the parking lots joined, so the party will continue. And ladies, last year we did have men there. There you go. That's, that's what I wanted to make sure you you covered, and I'm going to hand the mic back to Deb, but you might want to elaborate on that some. Well, yes, tell the ladies. Now, we've teased them about this bike wash, so let's give them just a little bit more that they can really look forward to at this all-ladies event. They were definitely there yesterday. They were impressed. I mean, last year, they were very impressive. We are trying to get them back. They, when they bring your bike in, they lift your bike up, they use the suds, they scrub it, they clean it, and it is quite a show to see. <laughs> and I can imagine they're not Rob, probably fully dressed from head to toe. No, they no they're not. not. Okay. So, girls out there, ladies out there, if you can visualize what that might look like, you do not want to miss this event. Just one of the reasons. That's one. Yep. Yeah. Plus the camaraderie of not only motorcyclists, but then lady riders too and there is exactly. a connection for us as motorcycles but I think more than any of that is it's all going to a good cause and so you know what I think the motorcycle mystique was which is we talk about a lot they don't realize how passionate and giving the motorcycling community is and so I just love to partner with others that are out to do that Thank exact you. thing. The uh, other aspect about the all-female ride, which I had yet to mention, is um, the organization is Two Wheels Together that the committee consists of. There's seven of us, and I, this year was very honored to be placed on that committee. Absolutely. But Two Wheels Together, most of the mission is to bring women together, to support women, to break down any barriers. We truly want it united. So you will see women from all over the nation, all different type of backgrounds, there together to support each other and enjoy the fun and the thrill of riding. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I couldn't ask for a better um, cause to be part of. And as a female rider, we will gather the troops and head to Jacksonville next April. So be sure and keep posted about all the activities and make sure you don't miss your reservation. So thank you so much, Snow Queen, for joining us on You're the Chuck and Deb Show. And I'll be more than happy to share the flyer and all the hotel accommodations that we have at yes. this okay. point. Great. Um, we greatly appreciate you bet. We will be Thank sure and keep you. everyone posted. All right. I am here with Matt. And Matt, uh, you're a HOG member, right? That's correct. I'm the head road captain for the Minnesota chapter. Of uh, Here at Rossiter Harley-Davidson? That is correct. Okay. How long have you been doing HOG, Matt? I've uh, been here for about four years now since I moved to Florida. Okay. Four years. So, and did you get started with the Hog Chapter four years, yes. right when you moved here? Right when I moved down, I got started with the Hog Chapter down here, being a member of Hog for about 20 years now nationally. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Four years here. And you're pretty active with the local chapter here? That I am. Try to stay as active as possible. It's a great group of people, a lot of fun, a lot of people to meet, and a lot of things to do. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit. I know you got something to share with us, but if you would tell us a little bit about the Hog Chapter and uh, some of the rides you guys do and why maybe some Somebody should come out and get involved with the hog chapter, if you don't mind. Because just, just so you know, Matt, I started with the hog chapter, and this is like family. It's like coming home. 
Yeah, the Hog Chapter is exactly that. It's exactly like family. We like everybody to come out and get involved. We do a lot of rides, go to a lot of different destinations, try to keep things fresh and new and go to different events and just get together as a family. And that's pretty much what Hog is. It's a family. So we're all there for each other and we all like to be with each other and just have fun and get out there and ride. That's what it's all about. Thanks, Matt. And I like that. He's absolutely right. It's all about the family because once you get involved and once you get connected with the people, you become family out here. And that's one of the great things uh, when you become involved with the motorcycle uh, community. And Hog's just one part of that huge community. And I can say firsthand uh, that it's a great place to start if you're looking for a motorcycle. They're not a club. They're a group, a riding uh, group. A riding group. And so it's a great place to meet people and learn how to ride. If you need to learn how to ride, you guys help new riders learn group riding and that kind of thing. Yeah, we do group riding classes. Uh, the dealership also has the riders courses that you can do as well. Uh, we do teach new riders and new people how to ride in groups, how to be safe, what to look out for on the roads. So we're constantly talking about safety and we're constantly letting everybody know about how to hand signal, how to gesture so that when you're not riding in your hall group and you're riding on the road and you catch up to a group or a group catches up to you, to not be intimidated and just ride with them because they're bikers too, just like you. They want to get out and have fun, and the more the merrier. Absolutely, and that's that's great because as a as when you first out get out there to ride, you need to learn these things. These are things you need to know how to learn, and what you do is you get around people that already know what they're doing, so that you two can go out there and ride safely and even have that much better of a ride. But one of the reasons we wanted to get with Matt today is Matt has a very is a what I say would it be okay for me to say it's a personal cause? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. He has a personal cause that we wanted to share with our audience and, and allow Matt to do that. So, Matt, tell us all about it. Well, uh, we are having a uh, poker run event on October 20th for Satchel's Last Resort, which is a no-kill animal shelter. They're a non-for-profit. Most of the proceeds that they get go right to the dogs. They don't go into the pockets of these corporate CEOs or go into repairs and things like that. It goes right towards the animals. And this is to help out animals that are last chance, because that's exactly what it is, last chance. Uh, they don't you know, euthanize or anything, and it's a great cause, and we want to get out and help them out as well as the animals. And we do like doing these um, not-for-profit activities and try to help out the community because that's what we're all about is the local community and helping people out. You know, I think that's great and that's what our show tries to cover quite a bit is that a lot of people have this mystique about bikers and the motorcycle community and what it's really all about, we actually help out the community in a number of different ways. But going back to your cause, Matt, what, what was it that got you inspired that inspired you to do this? What is the passion that you have for it? Well, I've got a couple dogs myself that were rescues and, you know, they're great animals. The rescue pets are wonderful. There's nothing wrong with a rescue pet. You, you hear stories about this or about that on different animals, but there really is nothing wrong uh, with having any kind of a rescue pet. They're great. They need homes. They need love, just like everybody else. And they're wonderful animals and a great companion and life companion. And I have two animals myself, and I love both my dogs greatly. And I like the fact that this shelter is exactly that. They are a last chance. They do not, you know, euthanize. They keep the animals and they find the right home for the right animal. That's fantastic. And you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with those because I've had those dogs uh, before as well. We've gotten those and actually, they actually, I think, end up loving you more. I mean, I can't say that, but you know what I'm saying. You feel it more because they, they know that they're being loved. That's right. That's, that's a better way to put it. You're really good at this, Matt. Oh, I think. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap it up and 
and tell everybody if you can where they can get more information and once again you know maybe how they can get involved okay well uh, Satchel's Last Resort you can check out their website you can also check out the Minnesota Hog Chapter website that'll have information about the poker run it is going to be on October 20th you can show up at Satchel's which is off of Clark Road and you can come out for the fun, the events, or even just ride, bike, walk, drive. It doesn't matter. You do not need to have a bike or a motorcycle to come out. You just come out and have fun. And what day was it one more time? It is Satchel's Last Resort. It's October 20th. 20th. And that is going to take off at about 9 o'clock. So come out and enjoy it. All right. Very good. There was something that was on my mind, but it has escaped me. It happens to all of us. Oh, now I know what it was. The um, website is oh, ManatiHog.com. Okay, very good. ManatiHog.com. And we'll also get some information. If you can get some information to us, we'll put it up on our Facebook page, and we'll also put it up on our website as well. Perfect. All right. All right. Uh, anything you want to leave people with before we go, Matt? Get out there and ride. Have fun. Stay safe. All right. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thank you. And smile. This is Deb here with the Chuck and Deb Show, and I am so honored to bring to you Jill. And Jill is from an amazing organization, and I'm so excited that you get a chance to meet Jill and find out what her passion and her mission is all about. So we are here at an event, and one of the major sponsors um, that I have participated in an event with before is MDA, and I know Harley-Davidson has a heart for MDA. So I am going to let Jill actually share what I'd like to know first, because we talked about this a little bit, is I'd like you to share with our listeners kind of how you got involved in MDA and why it is something that you're passionate about. Sure. So I grew up in Missouri, and my family, um, from a very young age, was involved with MDA, and we had a great relationship with Harley there. Um, so when I moved here, I was very excited to get a new relationship started with Harley here and um, work on some new events and get the kids involved with you guys and, um, you know, just get a jump start on that. So you said you were involved from a very young age. What was inspiring to you at such a young age about MDA and their participation with Harley-Davidson? Well, first off, it was so normal to me to be around these kids with these neuromuscular diseases. They were, they were my friends. I mean, I even had a, a boyfriend who had Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And, um, you know, they just, I went to summer camp with them and it was part of my life. Um, to me, that being around the Harley riders, they were the most giving people I've ever met in my life. Um, big teddy bears and just so much fun, and the kids loved it. Them taking the kids around on rides in their sidecars, and it was just, it was fun. It was so fun and unique. So I just, it was always amazing to me to see these big guys walking around who look, you know, <laughs> burly and mean, and they're scooping up these kids and hugging them and loving them. And, just having so much fun with them. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you also shared a little bit of an inside story on why Harley Davidson chose to get involved with MDA. Yeah. And kind of, so I'd love for you to take us kind of back to those early beginnings of that relationship sure. with Harley Davidson, if you will. So it's been 39 years of relationship with MDA and Harley Davidson. And the reason that that relationship started was people had a very negative outlook on Harley riders and Harley wanted to soften their image, um, show that, that you are caring people and, um, you know, are, are out to do good for the community. So they formed this relationship with MDA. It, it started out with the summer camp and the riders going to summer camp with the kids and 
spending time with them and um, and it's just formed from there and it's it's a national relationship um, 39 years you know, fantastic yep. so I know that um, one of my local riding female friends used to do a ride up in Daytona every year the MDA challenge and my family and friends knew that at that time which was normally the spring around um, bike week is that I was raising money for MDA and it was something that I was passionate about too however it didn't kind of continue with Harley Davidson so I am so super excited that MDA is partnered with our local dealership and hog chapter here at Rossiter's Harley-Davidson, so I am just so super excited. There, You guys have partnered to do a really cool thing moving forward, so I'd like for you to share with our listeners sure. about this fun, um, very neat thing that you have partnered to do. Yeah, so Rossiter's Harley-Davidson has been extremely generous and kind and welcoming to MDA, um, as, al- along with the hog chapter, um, but we are working on our 2019 hunt for summer, which is an epic scavenger hunt all over Sarasota. Um, Bikes will head out at Rossiter's at 10 a.m. on November 16th to go all around the area and collect items, take pictures, do silly little games and activities. I'm gonna totally embarrass everyone. I'm excited about that. I love it. We ask you to form teams of no more than six people. Um, If you go to the website, huntforsummer.com, you can register yourself and your team there. Um, and you'll start fundraising from there. So the okay. team who raises the most money before the event will get a head start on the scavenger hunt. Oh, ah. We have some prizes that we're going to give out to the top teams. Okay. And time counts. So. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you'll go all over Sarasota, come back here. We'll have an awesome after party with live music and food and drinks. And we're going to have a fashion show with some of our local MDA kids. Um, the dealership's going to outfit them in Harley gear, and they're going to show it off, and it'll be it'll be a fun time. Fantastic. So, again, the website, one more time. Huntforsummer.com. Okay. So, if you need, if you are looking for something fun and something to give your heart to, this is a great cause. MDA is a fantastic organization, and I love the partnership with Harley Davidson. So, all the big teddy bears out there, <laughs> soften your hearts. Come be part on November 16th. November 16th. And we look forward to seeing you out there and of course i've got to get in here because earlier jill correct right jill was telling us how this is full circle for us so can maybe you just uh, tell us a little bit how you're on the radio like your father was and how that came full circle because i thought that was a really neat story and if you could share that with our (laughs) listeners i think they'd greatly appreciate it the way my family got involved with mda is my dad was a dj on a country music station in joplin missouri and MDA and the radio station had a relationship and my dad just loved it and he got involved which made our whole family get involved. My dad is still involved with the MDA, the MDA in Joplin today. Amazing. Um, so, you know, we did the telethons and any of the events, the bolathons, the Harley rides, the summer camp, I mean, I, we were at it all. It was it was my life when I was a kid. And Wonderful. All because my dad was a radio on the D, a DJ. A on the DJ radio. on the radio. That yeah. is so super cool. And, and now, now I'm on Jill's the on the radio, so she's gonna say, "Dad, you've got to listen because I am making my yeah, debut." Right. Thank what you I so much. To do when I grew up, so here I am. There you go, superstar. She's a natural, by the way. She because she's got this down real good. Yeah, she <laughs> does it like she's never <laughs> missed a beat. So we are so excited to be partnering here, and I look forward to actually maybe biker life. Radio can really partner with MDA and do some things. We talked about possibly a ladies' ride and stuff. So I'm excited about what the future can hold because relationships are what we've got at the end of the day, and that's what it's all about. So thank you so much for your time, Joe. We look forward to the scavenger hunt. Awesome, thanks. 
All right, here we are. We're out at the American Legion, Deb. Post 111 in Tampa, Florida. And we're, we're out here for a very special cause, and that's for K9 Partners, Partners for, Patriots. for Patriots. Yep, we were invited out because it's a big fundraiser for them, and we're so excited to be here. Okay, go ahead and say it again because I want to make sure I didn't talk over you or make sure people understand what we're talking about. K9 Partners for Patriots. All right, very good. And so we've got here Greg, yes. who's the communications directors with them. That's right. And we just missed a great story with Greg. We didn't have our audio equipment or cameras running, so we'll do our best to try to reproduce it. How's that sound, Greg? That sounds good. I'll, I'll do my best to recall the whole thing for you. All right, and we've got a special guest listener here, and uh, it's Jeff. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, how are you? Great, Jeff. And Jeff can stop us. He's got some good questions, too. And he's been sitting over with a prod the whole time trying to get this to record some things. So, <laughs> so here we are. We like to, you know, get things naturally when they happen. And sometimes they just don't happen that way because that's really the best. I mean, when we put a mic in front of people or a camera in front of people, it changes the conversation a little bit rather than just having a nice, natural conversation. But we're going to go ahead and do that anyway. Let me tell you. Ahead, a little bit why our organization exists. That sounds great. Canine Partners for Patriots, we're up in Brooksville. We train veterans to train their own service dog. And the way a veteran qualifies, he or she has to have PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and or military sexual trauma. If they have a doctor's diagnosis and an honorable discharge, they qualify. And that means they can come into the program. It's a 19-week program and they are part of that family from day one. We provide the training, the dog, the equipment, sometimes even veterinary care, and it doesn't cost the veteran a dime. That's fantastic, and and I, th I like the key word there, a family. Yes. And I think, I think that's probably a, an important part of everything that you do. Um, and so you were actually describing earlier um, some things where, I, I like the story about how the, uh, you were talking about the adrenaline in dogs and you had to get the right kind of dogs and that these dogs had to be able to sniff out adrenaline. Could you maybe run over that story again? Be glad to. A lot of people hear all kinds of things about organizations that may claim that they provide service dogs for veterans and some of them do a great job. Um, some of them will get a dog, they might train it for a couple of weeks or even let the veteran get involved in the training and then they turn it over to that veteran they charge a significant amount of money and they say good luck and it's good to know you. Mm, okay. But we don't operate that way. We have the veteran engaged in the training right from the beginning. One of the things we want to make sure of though before, because it's quite a commitment, we want to make sure that that veteran is serious about getting into the program and that he or she isn't just showing up to please the, the spouse. That right. We have run into that where sometimes the spouse hears about us, likes what they hear, they drag the husband into the program and the guy may not be ready yet. So we really want to make sure that the veteran, again, either male or female, is that it's the veteran who's ready to get into this. And once we know what the, what the situation is, we have a veteran liaison who's a Marine, and he himself went through the program. So he's done it all, okay. and uh, he interviews each veteran to make sure that he's getting all the information he needs so that we can figure out what's the best canine 
fit oh, okay. for that person's needs because okay. it's not just the PTSD. Many of them have back injuries, leg, you know, it could be any kind of severe skeletal injury that where that veteran needs a dog for balance, not just for PTSD. Sure. And it, obviously if it's a, if it's a larger guy, he's going to need a larger dog for that. So we take everything into consideration. Now, the way we get these dogs, they come from all different directions. We get them many of them from shelters. We we've, we've rescued over 100 dogs Fantastic. from kill shelters. That's great. And, and they they came from uh, Hillsboro, Hernando, Pinellas County, Citrus County. But we get them from all over, even some from as far away as Orlando sometimes. Okay, great. And the people who bring these dogs in, they know that those dogs are going to be tested. They can't they don't just come into our facility and we set them loose. They come into our facility and they're actually in a fenced-in uh, area that separates them from the rest of the training area for everybody's safety. Okay. When we have to uh, screen them, we screen them for uh, sociability. We, we screen them to, for aggression, for fear, any of those things. If any of those things are abnormal, it may not be a good fit. The most important thing we screen them for is the ability to pick up the scent of adrenaline. Because if they can't do that, they could make a wonderful pet for somebody, but they're not going to be a service dog in our organization for a veteran. And the reason why is because... I'm, I'm me, glad you're going to tell me, because, I, you know, why is it so important that a dog pick up on the adrenaline? It's a good question. Anybody who's under stress, you have anxiety, stress, whatever it is, whether you're a veteran or not, your adrenaline level is going to be rising when okay. you're under that, that situation. If you're a veteran, you're having flashbacks at night, nightmares, your adrenaline level is rising even when you're not aware of it. Okay. Th these dogs can be asleep in another part of the house. They can be asleep and they'll pick up the scent of the adrenaline from the veteran. It will wake up the dog. The dog will then go and wake up that veteran as fast as he can. He'll do whatever he has to do. He'll jump on him. He'll lick his face. He'll do whatever he's got to do to get that veteran's intention on the dog rather than whatever is going on in his head that's haunting him. That is incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. And the, the benefit of that isn't just that the dog helps alleviate that particular episode. Over time, when the dog has this ability, the veteran, the, the, the anxiety, the stress, all of that, the, the frequency of those episodes and the severity of those episodes diminishes. Okay. And, and we, the first guy who went through the program, his name is Ron Flayville. He became a trainer. He became a veteran liaison. A couple of years ago, he was made the chief operating officer. This year, he was appointed chief executive officer. And he'll tell you, actually, I shouldn't, <laughs> I have to be careful. Okay. He, he'll say his dog now, his dog is, is semi-retired because he doesn't need to have that dog by his side 24 hours a day. Okay. Obviously, the dog is, is in his home with him. Sure. But he'll also say that the need for medication diminishes. Okay, and, great. And, and That's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And, and we hope the VA pays attention to this because, sure. you know, we've had a, a crisis situation for years with the veteran suicide rate. We're losing yep. 20 men, a, uh, men mm -hmm. and women a day. Yep. And that's 
the, the national suicide rate. Mm -hmm. For veterans with PTSD, it's estimated at 22 per day. That's right. And that number, we believe, is underestimated because that's only the number that they document. Mm -hmm. There's how many other veterans that aren't in the system? They're off the grid. That's and nobody true. Knows Never what thought the hell about that. Yeah, nobody knows point. what's happening to them. Yeah. So it, 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 this is the reason why this organization exists. And Mary Peter, who you're going to meet in a couple of minutes, she started this organization because she's a dog trainer. And she had a very successful civilian business up in Hernando County that she ran for years. And what happened was over a couple, last five or six years, she started to see that there were veterans coming in. They, they wanted to get their dog trained, but they could not stick, they could not do it in a civilian environment. They might show up for a couple weeks, they wouldn't come back. Maybe they'd return, but they wouldn't stay with it. And, and it, was the, it was the civilian environment that just was not conducive for veterans with PTSD. And she said, it still amazes me how she did all this, but she shut that business down. Mm -hmm. She started uh, Canine Partners for Patriots from scratch. I mean, she bankrolled it. Isn't that something? And, and it's become uh, really a, a national model for what would be called uh, a successful alternative therapy for veterans with PTSD. We're getting the DoD has been paying attention to us, and they funded us for five consecutive years now. Great. And the Florida VA is listening, and they're Good. paying attention to what we're doing. And we're as a result, we're we've now got veterans from 31 Florida counties. Love it. So it's, they're not just coming from Brooksville. Yeah, that's great. So you, the word's getting out. You're helping a lot of different people from all over. Absolutely. Do you see it maybe expanding even beyond Florida? You know, we're already mentoring a group in Montana all and right. another group in Wisconsin. Fantastic. And, and what it means is when we can find a like-minded veterans organization, mm -hmm. as long as they tell us that they will never charge a veteran a dime, we will gladly share our methodology and our training syllabus with them. And we've invited them. They've come to our facility here in Brooksville, and, and they spent a few days with us. In fact, uh, next week, Mary is going out to Montana to see for herself exactly Wonderful. how that program is working. We hope to hear from other organizations around the country. That's if it's great. a like-minded veterans organization that thinks it can pick up the ball here and help veterans get service dogs and do it with the right kind of training. And also, they've got to be willing to make the commitment be, be, because they have to have people who can train dogs. They can't just start. Sure. You've got to have people who are an established dog training business and get those people involved. And that can be the, a, a catalyst for something that could be very successful for a lot of veterans. That's great. And that's got to be a great feeling to be part of that. That's very inspiring. I mean, I just imagine that you, your heart is there. And because of your heart being so passionate and so structured to help others, that now others want to pick yeah, up on that. So that's amazing. It just continues to grow and grow and grow. Oh, yeah. And that, that's just too cool. Jeff, since we have our Jeff, uh, our guest visitor, do you have any questions, Jeff? Okay. Just wanted to check with you. It's just amazing that this guy is doing this and everything is going on and keeping ahead of times and keeping up with everybody, and we can be there to support you, too. Absolutely. That's deeply appreciated, believe me. Yep. Years before I got involved with Canine Partners for Patriots, I had spent a lot of time talking to reporters about retail gasoline prices and crude oil prices. Okay. I got to <laughs> tell you, that gets old. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. 
and when I can tell reporters about what this organization is doing, oh, yeah. that it's it's saving lives. Yes. That's the bottom line. Right. I see this with my own eyes, and I still I still have a hard time yeah. believing it. But I can tell you, if you were to see some of these veterans on the first week that they come in, and sometimes they're dragged through the door by their their spouse, okay. you know, there, there's a great deal of anxiety and stress for these veterans when they start, and when they're sitting against the wall, you know, they're back against the wall. You see their knees bouncing. You see they're they're not in a good frame of mind. They're not making eye contact. There's absolutely no conversation. And but you know what happens? Three or four weeks into the program, all of a sudden they're talking to maybe some of the other guys or women in the in the same class. And maybe that's a cool. little bit later, there's a sense of competition that's developing because maybe one guy is really doing a great job with his dog and somebody else isn't <laughs> quite there yet. Yeah. You know, and, and that that competition develops and next thing you know, there's there's some camaraderie. And before you know it, they're going out to lunch together. Or or they're they're kidding around, they're joking around, and all of a sudden you see this expression on their faces that you did not see the first week that they came in. Yeah, that's And when wonderful. Mary Peter stands with that group after at the nineteenth week when they when they complete their training program and they've been tested. We that's another thing I forgot to tell you. Okay. We we have a facility that wants the veterans to be fully aware of what they're going to encounter in the regular civilian environment. We have scenario rooms set up. One is like a coffee shop. Oh. One is like a, a, a pet store, like a Petco, for ex example. And the third one looks like a doctor's waiting room, like the VA. And we have different flooring surfaces. We, ha we have shopping carts in those areas. We have the veterans practice going in and out with their dog, with their dog in the right position, so that when they have to do this in the real world, they're ready for it. Excellent. Another thing we do, Mary tell and the other trainers, they'll tell them what the kinds of things that the public will say to them, and sometimes the public can be very rude and intrusive. For instance, they'll see a health a guy who's a healthy-looking guy mm -hmm. with a with a small dog, and uh, they'll say, "What's that dog going to do for you? You don't look like you need." Are you a, kidding? Oh, me? we're not kidding. They'll say, "You don't look like you need a dog." What we tell them is, for one thing, the the the, the scars of PTSD are invisible. Right. You have no idea what this veteran is dealing with with PTSD, and secondly, the. The law doesn't even permit you to ask that question. Oh, okay. But just so there's no confrontation, we try to have the veteran answer politely. Some of our veterans have some alternative suggestions that I can't <laughs> share on the air. All I can imagine, and rightfully so. But but she prepares them for the types of things that they should expect to hear. Another thing you'll That's hear. That's incredible. Person, it's a lot of preparation. Oh yeah. And and a, and a lot getting ready to take this on. Yep. And I never knew. So I mean. I'm blown away by exactly all that's involved. This is not some just small, I'll no, give no. you a dog and no. see you later, goodbye. There's a lot of things going on. There's yeah. federal ADA law we want them to be fully aware of. We also don't want, don't want them to ever be intimidated. They could be in a coffee shop or a restaurant somewhere, you know, and uh, they could have their service dog positioned under that, that table. If the waitress comes over and says, uh, I've got to ask you to, to move, I've got an allergy, you know, sorry, yeah. the federal law takes precedent over your allergy, the, the correct answer is perhaps you can get me another server because this dog is staying put. There you go. And, and that's the right answer. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that Mary is always letting them know. 
Um, we don't want them to be pushed around. We don't want them to be intimidated. We also don't want them to be confrontational. So she gives them excellent message points so that they can know what to, they're going to encounter. Yeah. And, and then on the last day when they do the test, she'll take them over to, uh, to Lowe's or Home Depot. Okay. Where it's a lot of pedestrian traffic and there's a lot of noise from all different directions. And uh, she'll even ask the staff to ask those veterans with the service dogs, ask them some questions. Okay. To, and that, that prepares them. That's great. And that's the last step. And then when they pass that, they come back to our facility and they get their certificate showing that they completed the entire program. And Mary stands with them in that group. And I tell you, if you saw the expressions on their faces, this is a oh, proud group of veterans. Wonderful. And it's it's incredible to see, for, especially if you saw the group, the same group on day one. That, from the very beginning. Right. Yep. I yep. can imagine. That's Only imagine. Well, well, before we go to Mary, because yeah. I want to go where we started back on the story. Yeah. And it was about the adrenaline with the dogs and you had to get those. And you told us a story about how you proved that it worked and actually a journalist were there yes. and uh, caught it on on, on camera. Yes. Could you go over that story real quick? Mary was there. Oh, well, if Mary's there, let's do this. Let's just go ahead and no. switch to Mary because she was there. Yeah. And Mary, Mary, we, we are so know, gracious so. that Mary has joined us because yep. she just kind of came back. We were looking for her. And so yep. we are going to actually have Mary answer that question about, you know, that was caught on video and it was just a yep. phenomenal story. It's, it's that a we neat make story, sure so on. I just wanted to hear it again and have it repeated. <laughs> Mary's the founder of the Chico right. Ball Roller. Yeah, and um, Greg, like, Greg can tell it well because he was there, too. <laughs> um, we just happened to have a reporter coming in from one of the news. Um, ABC. Yeah, ABC, ABC News. And they were there because somebody else was coming to give us a donation. It was not planned. We just happened to be testing dogs at that time. And we do test dogs for the ability to send adrenaline because then we know they can do their job. They're right. not just a pet that we're providing for a veteran. Um and so we tested one dog and they watched and that dog didn't pass and it's usually one out of 25 to oh, one wow. out of 50 that pass that's, a lot. that's why we have a hard time getting the right dogs um why did the first dog not not pass the first dog didn't pass because it didn't use its nose it was a good dog the temperament was very good and it would be a great pet for somebody sure but we want a dog that can wake a veteran up from a nightmare stop a flashback um, redirect their anger uh, panic attacks and that only happens when they produce adrenaline and the dog can smell it so if the dog doesn't use his nose it's not going to be able to be that medical equipment that i need for that dog to be for him right. so the dog was great and and we told the people that the rescue that we got it from that it would be a good dog for a pet but not okay. for a veteran the next dog that came in failed as well uh, for the same reason okay third dog came in we had the veteran sitting in a chair and other all the rest were on the floor he was in a chair because he couldn't sit on the floor most dogs will go to what's on the floor first they you know they just navigate this dog came in lifted his nose sniffed a little and shot straight across the training ring and into this man's lap climbed up his lap and and on his face and started ignored everybody all the other veterans mm -hmm. on the floor went straight to that man he started crying ball and put his arms around the dog oh. and he took him home that day what a moment and they just and they graduated yeah, about that. three months ago yeah and it's and not very rarely does anybody other than us that do this daily get to see that happen and that per, that news newswoman was shocked and so what caused the dog to do that yeah because the dog could scent the adrenaline and was drawn to it and that's what we want okay um so and that's how this was proven out 
yeah. is that out of all the other people there, it went right to this person who you definitely knew. Yep. Yeah, did you tell them how we test with the people on the floor? Yes. In the, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we pull out. We put people in between that don't have PTSD oh, okay. issues, We and we put veterans in between us. And usually I'm a flyby. They come to me, yeah, okay, good. And they just keep going. I, like, get my feelings hurt, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, like, chop liver over here. <laughs> and so we watch them. We never force it. We never take a dog up to. We let the dog, we watch the dog. We stand back and watch. And as soon as we see a dog, like, you'll see a head snap a little, and then you'll mm -hmm. see the nose start going. And you'll watch that dog follow that scent. And start at the hands and go up and then start start on the face and lick in the face. But what we look for is not the dog that goes and kisses everybody. That's a great dog. Right. That's not a great. service dog. There you go. We, we look at the dog that runs to him, starts st sniffing the nose, uh, sniffing the fingers, sniffing the hand, up the arms, white, across the chest. What's wrong with you? And then kiss the face. Okay. We want the nose first. So. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I would never think that... Uh, that dogs would do that. Is, that. is that something that's natural with canines? It's not natural for every dog. Okay. Um, it that, is. That's what you're pointing out, yeah, because yes. some dogs just aren't made for it. It doesn't matter the breed, though. I mean, we have Yorkies okay. that are that doing do this. It. Yes. And people ask me, what's the best breed? We don't go by breed. Usually, I mean, if I had to pick a hound lab mix, great, because they have great noses. Okay. But just because they have a great nose doesn't mean they know how to use it. I'm a scent detection dog trainer. I did scent work, um, cadaver work with law enforcement for years. And um, so scent is scent. You can teach a dog you can teach a dog to find a certain scent, but you can't teach a dog to scent adrenaline. adrenaline. They either can do it or they can't. It's genetic. So, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you know, a, a dog out, just any normal dog. Like, like if I had adrenaline, it would come up to me, and then what would it do? I mean, if I... If I if I wasn't in an If I had my dog with me today mm -hmm. and you were sitting there and you're shaking, you're doing okay. you're doing this and you're shaking your hands, um, you're sweating, you're nervous, right. my dog would climb up in your lap and put her head around your neck and hold you still. Oh man. Um, and so all of a sudden now my adrenaline's dropping. Yes, because you're petting this dog, it's very soothing, it lowers your blood pressure. Uh-huh. And she'll stay right there and comfort you, she'll kiss your face, she'll lay her head right here. Once you're feeling better, she'll get off your lap and sit beside you. If you start tapping your foot, she's going to put her head on your foot to stop your foot. Isn't that something? But she did it. I rescued her. She was tied by the neck to a chain link fence Ugh. when she was four months old. Mm. I, I adopted her right right then and there. Um, I started working with her, had her in my uh, training class. And I looked down and she wasn't there. She never left. I only had her like a week. And she, but it was all fenced in. She couldn't go anywhere. But I turned around. And I had active military person there. He was having a bad time. He was in his uniform. And I turned around, and she's in his lap. And he looked at me, and he goes, how does she know? Right. Like, it's incredible. So, and since then, she's helped about 60 veterans in our program so oh, far fantastic. herself. All right. Well, we appreciate you sharing that story, and it's amazing to me. <laughs> I mean, you. it really is because I just didn't know. Right. And a lot of people out there don't know. And so so I hope people are listening. We'll help to get the message out and so that we can help these people that need to be helped. Help us to veterans. help our veterans. You know, it's, they've given a lot. Now we can give back here. So, yes. you know, they've given. Given their life, and many have given what's left of their life. Thank you so much. That they're trying to get back. Absolutely. So, and here's a way to help. Amen. And, thank you. And uh, it sounds like what you guys are doing is a great big help. So with that being said, let's let's sort of back up to where the very beginning. So in the beginning, in the, in the beginning, <laughs> yes, there was this wonderful started? woman named Mary. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
I have loved dogs since I was old enough to say the word. I had a, I had a very, um, very good dog training business for 27 years, and uh, I was I'm a certified master dog trainer. So there's not a lot. There were not a lot around. Um, I had a lot of veterinarian references that veterinarians that referred to me. About seven years ago, now I started having veterans show up in a public setting where I taught for the family dog, you know, and uh, behavior problems. And I just noticed things weren't right. Um, more, more and more. It's when they started bringing some back from Afghanistan and Iraq, and they'd show up with some dog because somebody told them a dog would be good. And so we'd put them in, in a obedience classes and that kind of thing. But then I started noticing they, they di- were not social. Um, they didn't interact with the civilians well. They were very hypervigilant. Um, any sound, backfire, hit the ground. Um, we had hunters in the woods behind us, hit the ground. Um, it, was, it was not good. So I, I saw that in everyone. You know, in one week they would be there and the next week they wouldn't. Like, it's my goal four syndrome or it's this or it's that. And I'm thinking, oh. okay. So I finally just talked to them and I said, tell me what's going on. Every one of them had PTSD, um, different levels of severity. Some I could see walk into the training ring, turn white and about ready to get sick and pass oh, out. Goodness. Others could make it through, but not well. So quite honestly, I'll tell you from my heart, it's a God thing. There you go. Thank you. It's a God Wonderful. thing. It's that I looked at these men and women. There was no place for them to go. They needed concentrated training for them alone in groups that they felt safe in, in an area that they felt safe in. I've trained service dogs for years, and I've never charged you know, um, to help a PT, uh, NYPD officer, a sheriff deputy in, in South Carolina. I've trained service dogs to help people. That wasn't really my job at that point, but I knew I could make a difference. And sometimes God gives you a gift, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to use it. You gotta lo- and it's not about it. yep. making the money; it's about making a difference in a life. There you go. Wonderful. So I closed my business, and I founded Canine Partners for Patriots, nonprofit business. To Getting chills here. Don't know if you notice. You know, Good and it's not like I'm not St. Mary. You know, right. I'm not. I'm, I love these men and women. My husband's an Army veteran. My dad's a Navy veteran. Um, I, I don't think that any veteran that's been injured because of their service should have to pay for anything to get better. They've paid their that's price. That's right. They've already paid the price. They've yep. paid their Good price. So my, my goal, our goal for all of us on our team is to do what we can to give our veterans that pride back again, that sense of self-confidence, the, the sense of um, hope. Big one. That's I, a big one. And we want to help restore their families. Mm-hmm. A lot of them come back, and, and because of what they've seen or had to do, we don't ask them. We don't ask them. We don't judge them. You right. did what you had to do. Mm-hmm. You did what you were told to do. You saw what you wish you hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. You can't undo that. But a lot of them come back and can't attach to their family. There's no emotion. When Statistics will prove when you give a dog to a person in that state, if they can attach to the dog, then it starts progressing to the family. Oh, that's so great. we have seen families restored. Um, oh, that's and that's why we have our family get-togethers every three months for all our vets and their families, their children, so that they can meet other vets. They have that camaraderie that they're missing. Mm-hmm. 
We make them train the dog because they've all told me I have no purpose anymore. Now you do. You have to train this dog to service dog level. I'm going to be on your backside and make <laughs> sure you do it right. Um, they call me Sergeant Ma'am. All in a good way. Sergeant Ma'am, I yeah, love Sergeant them. Sergeant Ma'am. Okay. They know I love them. Yeah. I, I truly love them. Yeah. Um, they get a hug when they come in the door. They get a hug when they leave. Some of them love pick it. me up off the ground, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but we are a family. I mean, we there are issues just like in any family. Yes, ma'am. But my, my goal when I founded it was to create a family of support. Some of them don't have spouses that are supportive. Many of them have lost their marriages. They have no support. I want a place that they can wrap around, that they know I have them show up. The graduates with a newspaper, we always have coffee made for them. They'll come in with a dog and their newspaper and go sit in our little mock, in our cafe and, and read the paper just because they want to be there. Or they've that's had right. an anniversary date that's really bad. Um, they've lost a brother They're or a sister. Place. And, and I'll, they'll show up and I'll say, what are you doing? I need to be here. Okay, go do whatever you need to do. They go sit down. They just want to be where we are. That is and so wonderful. And that's what we want to give them. That so. is absolutely wonderful. I mean, I, I, I can go on forever. I'm sorry. No, we want I'm you to not go on shy. forever. And, and, <laughs> and you know, what I've learned throughout this whole process, I mean, what you guys have, is, it's huge. There's a lot of what you do. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about, uh, Greg was telling us about the homework that you give them. And the, you know, they sort of have to pre-qualify in a way to even get started in the program. And then you give them, what, do you say two hours of homework a day, but it's not really quite two they hours? They have to train every day for two hours, but not at one time. Right. Just throughout the day. It's as simple as taking your dog into the kitchen, making it sit while you wash a dish. That's a little bit of training time. Okay. Walking down the hallway, taking it for a walk, stop and sit, teach the dog. You know, they, they actually train their dog a whole lot more than two hours a day. It's just... That's you know, you know, and it's it's incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of just go somewhere a little bit different here, and just ask you. And I know you've probably had a lot of these. Is there one particular story that stands out to you the most, and and sort of really touches your heart the most? Maybe that you could share with us. Yeah. Because and I do know there's a lot, but is there one in particular? I have a vet, a veteran that graduated. Um, Fourth of July. Okay, nice day to graduate. Fire, no, I mean, it, it was 4th of July that this incident, um, fireworks are artillery fire. Oh. I can't tell people okay. how horrible fireworks are for veterans. It, it, these, these are the things laymen like me, I don't know. I mean, my Deb's father was in the Army, mine was in the Air Force, and I'm sorry, I just don't know that much okay. about PSD, and, and, and I can imagine now that you pointed out, but I just don't. I just don't really associate because okay. I'm out there having a good time like everybody else right. and not thinking about maybe some of those it, others around me. It is me. horrible. So, so go ahead. It's horrible for our veterans. Okay. Um, Fourth of July and depends on how over-medicated the, the VA has them yeah. um, or, I mean, what kind of medications they're taking. But they are, um, it's artillery fire to them. Mm -hmm. It's not It's not the day of the Fourth of July. It's two days before it's the it's it's the day after it's the unexpected gotcha. pow, yep. pow, 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 pow. Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's rapid fire to them when you're right. shooting off a whole thing of firecrackers and and for some depending on their state it will cause a flashback so all they know is immediate scent sight sound cause can bring you back to a memory and that's what this did to this veteran and so he's hands over his ears. He's okay. trying not to listen to it. 
so he thought, well, I'll take double my medication. That way I'll go to sleep. Okay. So he took double medication, and then he started cutting his wrist. Oh my. And he didn't know it. He didn't know. And his Yorkie that we trained uh-huh. jumped, down, jumped on him, jumped on his arm, started barking in his face, brought him back to the present. He realized what he was doing. He called 911 for help, and he had, got saved. But the dog stopped him. I can't say anything. <laughs> I'm just... That's, oh, yes, uh, that's one of my stories. I can see why that's uh, probably your most touching story. And the thing is, a lot of this... Um, sorry, Deb and I are getting a little bit emotional. Is because Deb can really connect to this. Because when her father got back, um, he suffered a lot from that. And, and I could just you know, see it would have been wonderful if uh, he would have been able to have the kind of things that you're offering people right now. So. Was he a Vietnam vet? Yes. They have, I love all my vets, but my Vietnam vets have my heart because they had no place. They had no one, no place. When our Vietnam vets come in to us, the first thing I do is tell them, welcome home. And I give them a hug and let's go from there. Yeah. Now they're a little hard-headed because <laughs> they've had 40 years to deal with what they're dealing with. Sure. And, and it's a little bit older generation. so. Sometimes when I'm up there bossing them around, they don't like a woman telling them what to do. But they get over it because they know they won't pass if they don't listen to me. There so. you go. That's right. <laughs> but I I have a really, my husband's Vietnam era as well. Um, I have a real heart for my Vietnam vets. And, uh, again, all of them. They, yeah, sure. They've all suffered. They've Makes all sense. suffered. Yeah, I know, so. I would. And I have a great team. And, you know, I have to tell you. I, like ahead. I said, Please I could do. keep on. I could go on and on. You go ahead. You got. You People got. have said, "Oh, it's all about the money," and I laugh because for the first year, every one of us worked for free. Nobody took a salary. Yeah. The second year, we got a hundred. I'm CEO. I got 125 dollars a week. That was my oh, paycheck. Oh boy. The third year, yeah, I got. You were doing it for the money, all right. Third year, I got 250 dollars. Oh boy. That was all of us because we didn't have anything. We wanted everything to go to the veterans. Whatever Wonderful. we had went to our veterans. Um, we've been blessed to be supported somewhat by the Department of Defense now for five years that's in a great. row. It's restricted grant, but but they're, they've helped us. And that's why we're looking for the community because to me, it's not my responsibility, our responsibility, it's the community's responsibility to take I care like of it. It takes a village. Yeah. We need to, not, not one place can do it all. We need to embrace Everybody. and work together as a team in, in whatever avenues we have to offer them. To, to um, help one another, yeah. Yes. To, Absolutely, to, to give help. back. So, And I think that's great. So let's, um, Deb, do you have any questions? You've been real quiet through this whole thing. No, you need to come up with something. I know. She's again, Deb, Yeah, <laughs> she's real emotional. I, I, I know earlier I saw that it touched her heart uh, when she spoke to you the first time. And um, so let's let, let people know how they can help out. Help, Where help do, support. Yep. Yeah, how can we help support? Because we want to get the message out. We want to encourage our listeners to go out and help support. Best thing people can do is visit the website, okay. K9, letter K, number nine, partnersforpatriots.com. And they can, if they're a veteran who's interested in the program, they can click right on that homepage. Oh, that's good. You know, here's where you get started. Veterans start here. 
Yeah, veterans start here. Okay. If, if you're interested in making a contribution, we need corporations. We need the business community to, to pay attention to what this is all about. And obviously, any private donor, we, we welcome any donation at, at any level. That's wonderful. And it's all right there on the website. If people want to read the testimonials, you know, they, we have tons of veterans who give their testimonials right there. And uh, their first person experience that tells what this what this organization has done for them, it, it speaks volumes. Okay, and if a vet wants to check it out, how can uh, they can go out to your website, obviously. Um, is that what they need to do first? What's yes. the first step? The tab, the, we have a tab that says Veterans Start Here, and we okay. make it as easy as possible. Wonderful. The first thing it says is here's the criteria to be able to be in our program because we don't want them to, to do a bunch of things then come to the building for an interview and we say we can't take you. We yeah. don't want that rejection for them. Yeah. What we ask is that they have an honorable discharge, that they have no felonies, that they have a diagnosis of PTSD, traumatic brain injury, or military sexual trauma um, service related, that it's caused by their military service. We need to have proof of that. Okay. And that's really about it. Um, well, that's a good place to start. Right. So, so go ahead, Greg, and you got something I to add to wanna, that? I do want to say real quick, too, if people want to know more about us on the website, if they'll go to our page that has videos, we have an awesome video. We were featured on American Medicine Today, Bloomberg Business Channel. It's a 12-minute video interviewing our vets, showing the facility, and all about what we do. That's a really good video um, for the clip for them to watch. Fantastic. I just wanted to say a word about the counseling that's available oh, yeah. at our organization. There's a, a gentleman, uh, Denny Brown, licensed clinical social worker, and he offers one-on-one -on -one counseling. He offers group counseling. He does. He even has a group for spouse counseling, and Wonderful. it's there is no charge for any of that. that. That's incredible. It's, there aren't too many organizations that have that available. Every time a veteran comes into class, that's available. Wonderful. So there you go. If somebody's in need of some help, hey, your first step is just to reach out, go to this website, you know, click get started here. I think that's what it was said, and uh, follow the process and see how how th these guys can help you out. Yeah. Anything else you want to guys want to add here? This God bless. We're we're thankful for all you've done and served, and and we're here to help in any way we can. That's right, Greg. Go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Hey, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And we, again, we want everybody to go out and please support the K9, K9 Partners, Partners for, for Patriots. Patriots. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the Chuck and Deb Show, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 AM WWPR. We thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us next week.